And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Welcome to it. It being chewing the fat. Now we have good news today. We have a new happening that is now considered racist. We have restaurant news. We know that uh, Jelaine is uh, crying the blues in jail. And speaking of blues, Operation Varsity Blues is back in the news. It's a busy day here on Chewing the Fat. Let's get to it. As we roll into the Tuesday Chewing the Fat, let me ask you a question. Are you one of the 50 million people in America that miss work due to pain? (laughs) Uh, If you are, I have help for you. Help in the form of Relief Factor. Just go to relieffactor.com. If you're one of those 50 million people who miss work due to pain, you probably are spending at least $2,000 a year on pain relief. You probably are more than half of those people that expect to live the rest of your life with some pain because, look, life brings us pain. But there's no reason for your body to be in pain. Use Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. They've got a three-week quick start program for only $19.95. $19.95 gets you started for three weeks with relieffactor.com. And if you're like me, it's going to work for you. 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start go on to order more. It supports a healthy response to inflammation, decreases discomfort. It targets the underlying problem areas from four different metabolic pathways to alleviate pain at the source because the source is the inflammation at your joints. I I can tell you from experience, it is not fun to have the inflammation in your joints causing pain. I mean, I know a lot of people get it with exercise, eh, but aging and everyday living is the main cause, at least for me. Relief Factor will help you through the day. You don't want to run out. My gosh, I ran out at one point and I realized that the pain that was gone came back. And the reason for that is because you weren't taking the relief factor, dummy. Oh, oh, well, I guess I better order some more. So I went to relieffactor.com and I ordered some more. You should get started today with Relief Factor. We'll get their three-week quick start program for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. So if you get caught, uh, let's say cheating on your wife or even just the appearance of cheating, What's the one thing that you can do that will help you, uh, you know, save your marriage? Uh, Cash. Cash will help with that. Uh, Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel have had, uh, you know, their ups and downs and they've had uh, a few issues. I should say, well, really, Justin has had the issues. Uh, He was seen with his, uh, you know, co-star last November as they were, you know, holding hands and then they were on they were caught uh you know out on the balcony and he wasn't wearing his wedding ring and you know it was quite the uh scandal jessica was uh not real happy about the whole situation so 
What did Justin do? Did he come back and say, I'm sorry, it was a mistake, I didn't mean it, I really didn't cheat, it was just a a lapse in judgment. And Jessica was like, well, that's great and all, but uh, you you gotta show me more. And he did. Uh, He said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. If I ever cheat and you can prove it, uh, you'll get get the lion's share of the money, uh, all the assets, and you'll get primary custody of the kids. So how about that? Do you believe me now? And Jessica said, well, sure. You know what? I'll have this second kid. And I'm pretty confident that if you do something wrong, I'll get all the cash. And I'll take the kids from you. So I love you now. And we're all happy again. Okay. That's great. If you're Justin Timberlake, you know, if you do get caught cheating, are you that bummed? You probably can, you know, do something afterwards to come up with some cash. And you'll have the new girlfriend. But uh, I'm sure that that won't happen. That's just me, you know, thinking out loud. So good for Justin and Jessica for you know, getting back together and for Justin, uh, you know, bowing down, uh, to the happy wife, happy life concept. And, uh, if I get caught, you know, cheating and you can prove it, um, it's all yours. I'm out. So that's how much I love you. Okay. All right. Good for them. Good for them. So I was reading a story today and it started out this horrific story. And I had forgotten the actual story that happened a couple of years ago about this, uh, girl who was, uh, high on meth and ripped her own eyes out. Ooh, she apparently had been snorting and injecting what they're calling tainted methamphetamine. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, if it was tainted or maybe it was just meth. <laughs> anyway, she was, uh, you know, stoned out of her mind and literally stoned out of her mind and ripped her eyes out of her head. Well, just horrific. And, you know, so I, I I see this and I think, okay, well, I mean, what's happened to her? Well, uh, she's turned her life around. It's pretty incredible. Uh, while she's now officially, you know, blind, uh, because of the incident, Uh, she is excited now because she has been given prosthetic eyeballs. So she doesn't look, uh, you know, so she, it looks like she has eyeballs. She still can't see, but she looks like she still has eyeballs, which is, uh, you know, a great thing for her and for others looking at her, (laughs) but she's turned her life around. She's clean. She's healthy. She's going back to school. She's uh, helping people. She wants to. Uh, uh, she wants to make people realize that they can turn their life around before it gets as bad as she was. Uh, she can read Braille now. She can cook and she can live on her own. She has a, a guide dog that she's going to be receiving to help her through her deal. So uh, she said coming off meth was awful really uh physically and mentally she said there were hallucinations and psychosis but she overcame it thanks to god and good for her 
and she is now uh you know getting her life back again and so the old saying of you know you got to hit rock bottom before you come back up i mean she was there right she was there she said she remembered the last thing that she saw was uh as she was on the street corner outside because that's where street corners are are outside she said she uh, uh the last thing she saw was a light pole morphing into a white dove as trees curled downward and skies darkened causing her to think the world was ending sure she'd only been up for a couple of days and hadn't slept and was on meth and sure she started injecting the tainted meth at that time and that's what turned her into this uh, crazy person who ripped her own eyeballs out sure sure that all happened but now she's back on her feet and uh, that's that's actually it's actually tremendous news and i'm really really happy for her and it actually is ending way better than i thought it would when i started uh, reading about uh, reading about kaylee mudhart from uh, south carolina who is now 22 years of age so bless her heart so as i'm strolling through twitter last night uh you know just looking at different threads and different tweets and people going crazy all over the world uh you know with my twitter account at jeffy jfr on twitter if you uh you know you want to follow me uh i see this story from the los angeles times camping is often called America's favorite outdoor activity. But camping and national parks have a complicated past when it comes to racial equality and equal access for all. Now, if you're like me, you thought, wait, um, anybody can go camping if you get into the park you just have to go to wherever there's camping and they let you camp that's what camping is aha you my friend would be wrong one modern barrier to entry the cost of camping gear yeah yeah you didn't think how racist that was did you no i didn't think so i didn't think so you want to know why because nobody did nobody did Except for one person who thought that, uh, you know, camping is uh, racist because camping gear is way too expensive. Oh, okay. So one person, Mo Jackson, said that uh, she was camping with a friend in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. They woke up at five to start a fire and make breakfast and in the midst of a pandemic experience the peace that comes with an early morning in a secluded spot the beauty that morning moved me to tears i had the most clarifying moment you know i just thought i wish everyone could feel this now i couldn't help everyone feel more connected to nature they could get a few more people outside by offering free camping gear that day i was like okay what can i do to get more black people outdoors and that's it i'm going to buy camping kits and i'm going to give them away now i will say that's great i mean that's nice of her to you know create a way to get people camping 
and that's giving, you know, free camping kits. And she, you know, the kit would include a couple of sleeping bags, a tent, and a cooler. So she had enough money to give away three camping kits. And then she uh, had, uh, she started an account on Instagram, asked people to donate, got a few more camping kits. And then pretty soon it started with a GoFundMe. And uh, there we go. And the camping, uh, she initially purchased the ready to go kits from REI, cost about 300 bucks each. And then, uh, you know, then it got, it grew and grew and grew. That's great. My problem with it is, is that, it's not get more people camping. It's get more black people camping. Because apparently, uh, camping is often called America's favorite outdoor activity. But uh, in the past, uh, national parks have a complicated past. Um, it comes racial equality and equal access to all. Um the national parks have a history of segregation that dates to the 30s, the 1930s. And of course, uh, that changed in 64 with the Civil Rights Act because I don't know of a national park that turns people away. I don't know of one. Uh, especially since 1964, or probably, you know, a little bit before then. But let's just, we'll just go with 64, with the Civil Rights Act. We'll go with that. Um, I'm guessing that uh, uh, that was, we'll just stick with 64. Yep, and no problem. Anybody can go to the park. Okay. All right, now we all know, according to Mo and the Los Angeles Times, almost all U.S. national parks were originally home to indigenous populations. Long before they were set aside as parks, many of those Native American tribes were pushed off their land to create an illusion of untouched landscapes, right? And then the Sierra Club, for the first time in July, condemned its founder, John Moore, over racist comments in his writings about black and indigenous people. Now, I got to thinking, is that true? Was he this guy? So I went back and kind of looked up a little... Uh, uh, John Muir, uh, and I wanted to find out exactly, you know, what kind of guy he was. So, uh, come to find out, uh, John Muir, also known as John of the mountains and father of the national parks was, uh, a Scottish American naturalist, author, environmentalist, philosopher, a glaciologist, kind of a good gig there. And an early advocate for the preservation of wilderness in the United States of America. However, he did have some racist comments about him uh, in, let's see, he founded the, uh, he founded the Sierra Club in 1892, okay, 1892, he was born in 1838 and died in 1914, okay, now he said uh, that you know he he made all these derogatory uh, comments about uh, black people and indigenous peoples that were all you know racial stereotypes. Now it even says in the story, right, that he came around at the end of his life and 
changed. But that's not, that's not important. That doesn't matter. We have to hate this man now. And we have to hate him. That's it. No problem. Oh, oh okay. Uh, sure. No problem. Well, let's hate him. Let's hate the Sierra Club guy. Now, the club is, you know, obviously, you know, came out and, and condemned him for these things back in, you know, the early 1900s and uh, late 1800s when the world was racist. Uh, and apparently the world is still racist. So a study in 2018 by the Society of American Foresters, and I love, oh man, I get every one of their flyers uh, mailed to the house, uh, found that between 2010 and 2014, I guess that's the, you know, this is a 2018 study, but they went back and through 2010 and 2014, 94.6% of visitors to national forests identified as white. I didn't know that I could identify as white when I went to the parks, but okay. People who identified as Latino made up 5.7% and those who identified as black made up 1.2%. So the good thing that Mo Jackson is doing is, uh, you know, sending out these kits so that more black people can camp. You know, is it a good thing? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I was raised camping. I guess that's my white privilege speaking. Uh, you know, my wife and my kids love to camp now. That's all part of the, the scouting thing. I will say, uh, at this time uh, in my life, uh, camping is a two-star. Uh, if, if it's below a two-star, uh, then it's, that's camping. Uh, but I, you know, I was forced to camp as a kid. We camped in, I mean, tents and campers and fishing and boating. We did it all. We did it all. And I, you know, while it was fun at the time, I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm enough. I, I'm not, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine sleeping in a building rather than a tent. But I get it. I get it. And it's going back out and being one with nature and feeling it and, and feeling the open woods you know if their woods are open and all that kind of stuff but i didn't realize how racist camping was and it really uh really upsets me that camping is now racist nothing believe me nothing is sacred right now anything in the world that is perceived as traditional is now racist and if you didn't know that now you do. More in a second. Ah, let's go to the break room. I need uh, something cold to drink and grab one for yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, so good. So, um, before I tell you about uh, Jelaine and uh, her problems, I want to remind you to uh, subscribe to uh, Chewing the Fat. 
uh, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber to the podcast, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but it needs to get better. And the only way that it's going to get better is if you subscribe to Chewing the Fat. So pick whatever platform warms the little cockles of your heart. Uh, whether, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and then subscribe to Chewing the Fat. And then you'll feel better about yourself, your family, your life, and you'll just start setting things right. No, really, that's that's what'll happen. And then you can, and as long as you're there and you're feeling good, because you know now that you're a subscriber to Chewing the Fat podcast, you think, man, how can I make my life even better? Well, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, and that will just that will up your life even more by subscribing to the YouTube channel. And then you're gonna feel so good at that point. You're going to say, well, is there a way that I can make my life even better? Oh my gosh, there is. And that is if you follow me on the social media accounts, Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor Jeff Fisher Radio. Then, then my friends, your life will be in the place it should be. Maybe that's what Jelaine needs to do. I mean, maybe that's her problem. She, uh, she's a little, she's a little distraught in jail. And, uh, I know, I know, I know, but she's taken off suicide watch now and she wants to be moved out of solitary confinement at Hellhole Brooklyn jail. <laughs> now they still want to get her out. Uh, you know, I, I don't blame them. Uh, you know, look, the attorneys, uh, you know, complain for Jelaine that, uh, you know, the conditions behind bars are horrific. Uh, she, you know, does not, she isn't happy. And can you blame her? Uh, she's calling it, uh, the onerous conditions behind bars. They would love to know the three underage victims, they uh, are accusing her of assisting Epstein sexually abuse. Uh, they would love for people not to conflate Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine together. That's going to be pretty hard to do. Uh, pretty hard to do because it appears as though that her and Jeffrey Epstein, she and Jeffrey Epstein, her, she, it, they, them, were as one. And if that's the case, woof, just, Jelaine, tell the attorneys or tell your husband or tell your friends, if you have any left, where the videotapes are and or what website you've stashed them on, you've stashed the digital copies on and let them go get it. And then we'll all be better. <laughs> we'll all be better. Okay. You can just get it off your chest. It'll be great. All right. All right. Good. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you know, what's back in the news. Operation varsity blues. <laughs> Tonight's episode, Government Unleashed. Starring William Cotton.
or country blues, one or the other. Uh, so a former associate to the uh, alleged mastermind. Uh, I thought he pleaded guilty. Anyway, uh, Rick Singer, William Rick Singer, um, thought he pled guilty, so it wasn't alleged. Anyway, uh, maybe it's alleged that he was the mastermind, but he pretty much admitted it. Anyway, uh, she is uh, Michaela Sanford, uh, pleading guilty in September to charges in connection with the allegations. She took online classes for students while working for Rick. Uh, apparently, she took these uh, tests and she gave, you know, used the students' names and uh, as part of their application package to colleges and universities. Now, she also apparently uh, did other things for the students, like, you know, fake pictures, uh, bogus documents, fake, fake athletic profiles, stuff like that. Ah, just little things like that. Don't worry about it. Now, she is pleading guilty to conspiracy to commit racketeering. Well, I mean, isn't that worse than a parent paying for their kid for this stuff? I don't know. It just seems weird. She's, she's not going to go to jail. The plea deal that the government is recommending is one year of supervised release, a fine, and forfeiture of more than $67,000 and restitution. I mean, we're, we're letting people who were part of the scam walk away, but we're putting parents in jail. Um, seems a little, a little harsh and a little strange, doesn't it government? But, uh, the saga continues with Operation Varsity Blues. Cannon. I don't know about you, but I... I feel better just hearing the Cannon theme song in my life. Um, I won't make him play it again, don't worry. Uh, just a couple times, one day, just to get back into the swing of things. Amazon. Amazon is starting to take over the world. Well, you know, at least the country, right? Um, so they are in talks, reportedly, with the uh, Simon Property Group to take over the JCPenney stores as part of make them part of the distribution centers across America. Uh, that's a huge deal. Huge. If they do that. And I, 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 why not? Right. Why, you know, I guess maybe you might find yourself, you know, cheaper to build your own, but if the malls are already there, the building, the infrastructure is already there, right? Parking and the building, you can uh, just, you know, use it and turn it into the Amazon center. And that's, uh, you know, that's part of the delivery process. I love it. If it, listen, if it gets it to my door five minutes earlier, I'm happy. And that would also mean that they'd have a landing place for the drones. So, you know, if it gets it to my house, yes, I'd like, uh, I'm out of toothpaste. There it is. Thank you. 
Appreciate it. It's here. If I can get it before I hang up, if I can hit send on my computer, send and have it arrive. I that now, now we've arrived. No, we're good. Amazon. I'm all for you. And it helps the Simon out because they're crying the blues, right? I mean, they've only collected, according to reports, 51% of the rent due in June or July. And, and hey, these shops are, some of these shops are closed and going to be closed forever. JCPenney is going to be closed forever. So, I mean, that's, Simon is, is uh, dying. I wouldn't be surprised. If Amazon just buys Simon Property Group, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bezos. I mean, he might not be able to do it, so it's probably easier for him to rent the the JC Pennies. But just buy it, just become Amazon Property Group. I'm gonna still call it Simon just to make people happy. But just uh, and they just buy it out outright. And then if they want to, if they want to, you know. That mall is now the Amazon Delivery Center Mall. Then so be it. And if they want to put a, and they can open up little Amazon shops inside the mall, so I could go in and purchase in person if I wanted to. Oh my gosh, uh, Jeff, call me, call me. We can. I'll work. I'll. I'll work out a deal with you, and uh, I'll sit down with Simon, and we'll make this happen. And we, we'll, you know, we'll make this happen. Okay. So just call me or email me chewing the fat at uh, the blaze.com and uh, i'll get back to you right away they also i see are turning into uh you know the old sears remember you could buy everything in the sears catalog uh, i feel like we talked about this at one time but you can the, there was a big story i read about uh, you can buy your own little house uh from amazon and it's a kit house so you have it sent and you can build it anywhere right and so you get uh you order the house and you can get these you know this isn't the only house you can order like this you can get like log cabins log cabin kit houses uh probably a little bit more expensive than what you're spending at uh uh, for the amazon kit house but you get a 540 square foot living space in the main area which includes a kitchen a bathroom, living area, two bedrooms. There's also another 218 square feet in the sleeping loft, leaving you with about 750 feet of living space. Kind of small, but uh, for you can get that kit for about $30,000, I think. Maybe it might be a little bit more. But if you get the Allwood Avalon cabin kit for thirty grand. Or, you know, whatever, it's probably, oh, it's $33,252. I don't know what the full price is, but whatever. But the shipping is free. They send it to wherever you want. It takes about 60 to 90 days to arrive at your house. So it looks like if you order it, then they build it, right? It's not build it and they will come. It's order it and then they build it for you. So it comes with everything to put it together. Now, you don't have a foundation, and obviously the land, and you don't have plumbing, right? You know, you have a space for the bathroom, but you're just going to, you know, dig a big hole underneath. So you've got an, an in-house instead of an outhouse, but no plumbing. Ooh, ooh, tough. But if you, you could, you know what, you get a, you get an acre of land, you get maybe, I don't know, 10 acres of land somewhere for a reasonable price. And you put the kit house on it. Because you probably got to build. There's really rarely places anymore to buy land where you 
can't or you don't have to build something on it within a certain amount of time and uh it's kind of cool all right for 30 grand get a little kid house put it on your property it's where you live and you know what you got to build a foundation put in a little plumbing ah who can't do that oh that's right and it doesn't come with the shingles for the roof either so you gotta you gotta spend money on that too but that's it that's it and then you're good to go and you're good to go so amazon is taking over the world my friends taking over the world and jeff don't forget email me chewing the fat at the blaze.com with the return phone number i'll get back to you i'll get that simon deal working for you all right let's talk a little food i found this headline uh, a little misleading and i'm not sure i understand why except that i guess they don't like texas this uh this particular story on fox business websites the headline is olive garden texas roadhouse were most popular restaurants during coronavirus pandemic report but really uh texas roadhouse uh beat out olive garden now the two were the tops from year to year the research analyzed consumer tracking data uh, with visits between July of 2019 to July 27, 2020. Olive Garden and Texas Roadhouse were allegedly the top restaurants in most states in the U.S. However, Texas Roadhouse was the favorite in 16 states. And Olive Garden was top in only 12 states. Applebee's, Chili's, and Denny's were the most popular chains during the pandemic while Longhorn Steakhouse pulled in two states and Outback Steakhouse was most popular in Florida and Waffle House was most popular in Mississippi. I mean, Outback Steakhouse, that's, that's a Florida restaurant. I love them. They're probably, so are the others, Jeff. I know, but Outback is right there. Although I will say, and I may have said it before, the best Outback Steakhouse I've ever been to, and I've been to many of them, uh, the best Outback Steakhouse I was uh, ever at was in uh, Alabama, Opelika, Alabama, by the way, uh, just a, you know, just outside of uh, Auburn. Uh, well, that was a long time ago, though, now when we, we went there, when my son was being recruited to play for uh, play college football, which, by the way, uh, you know, may or may not happen. Uh, but I'm just saying when he was recruited, we went to Auburn was a school that he was recruited at and we went down there or up there from Tampa. And we ate that night at the Outback Steakhouse in Opelika. And that was awesome. Best Outback Steakhouse in the country, bar none. But this story, uh, you know, headlines with Olive Garden, but Texas Roadhouse is really uh, numero uno. So not real sure. I know Applebee's and Chili's were on that list. We're seeing most increased traffic. Uh, but I mean, they've, traffic for during the pandemic is i mean down and dramatically right i mean we all know that so i mean anybody that shows up at a restaurant these days they're happy to have you come in and sit down please order something a lot we're we love having you here and uh according to uh, this story uh, twin peaks uh, i love the restaurant they were not on the top restaurant chain list but they are maybe it's because they're more of a bar than anything but uh they are being sued now a 35 page lawsuit uh against 
against the uh, the fine restaurant of Twin Peaks, the restaurant chain, claiming that there was a system for grading their bodies. Well, duh. And they had to wear bikinis and lingerie for costume party. Now, these girls who normally had to wear the Twin Peaks outfit were upset because they had to wear other outfits rather than the Twin Peaks uniform outfit. Okay, all right, whatever, that's fine. Uh, They were graded on how they looked, and apparently they were fat-shamed. Oh, no. Oh, no, you mean they wanted good-looking, hot females delivering food yes they did and they also said that the twin peaks managers would walk around the restaurant assigning a tone grade to the female servers bodies ranging from one to ten. <laughs> oh, that's not funny it's not funny at all i don't know what i'm laughing at the scale would be applied to their backs their arms their stomachs and legs for a maximum of 40 points uh, a practice the lawsuit said was subjective and entirely based on how the managers view that girl's body on that day. You bastards judging us. I won't have that. Now the girls that got the higher rank got the most lucrative sections in the restaurant, leaving girls with the lower rankings in the slow, less lucrative sections. Oh my God, you bastards. They were fat shamed and that destroyed their confidence. Oh no. Oh, no. And uh, another grooming tactic was fake concern over body weight. Oh, no. Oh, no. Managers would send to pull, uh, pull girls into the office and show them pictures of what they looked like when they were first hired. <laughs> you don't look like this anymore. What are you doing? Oh, that's incredible. So they, they are saying that in keeping with the commercial sex ring and exploitation theme uh wow they have one female in uh, leadership position i mean they're good luck in today's world of going through this uh wow they said customers gave uh you know were sexually harassed the girls and the managers didn't do anything about it um they also i liked uh there was one thing and i did i don't mean to say i liked it because i didn't i mean i thought it was horrific okay uh i thought it was horrific that they would do this uh before every shift the managers would take a picture of all the waitresses and uh that would be sent to the corporate guy who would say who would judge them as well (laughs) Uh, it's not funny it's not funny that's why i'm not laughing uh i am not laughing at all it's a ridiculous thing and uh they i mean i guess other employees would catcall servers and customers would inappropriately touch them and say things to them and make vulgar statements and propositioning them for sex i mean how about no and uh don't talk to me like that if you're that upset at working at twin peaks So the four Twin Peaks locations in Illinois, including the restaurant in uh, Warrenville, were named in the lawsuit. Locations in Texas and Florida were also named. Uh, So, I mean, good luck Twin Peaks staying open with the, you know, really, 
what some would say good looking women because now they can't I mean they can't you can't be rating people like that in today's world. It's horrible. I want Twin Peaks shut down. I want them closed. That's it, I want them closed. And good news. And I don't know if I want to leave you with good news today. Uh for those of you that are listening uh outside of the actual podcast, uh Russia has just approved a COVID nineteen vaccine so we're good it's over right it's over no i mean they just said they have a vaccine and he gave it to his daughter he believed in it so much i mean he didn't take it himself but he did believe in it so much that vlad let the daughter take it guess what's solved we're all good now yay Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's uh, let's say that um, even with the vaccine from Russia, we still have to wear a mask for, you know, the foreseeable future, which <laughs> it looks as though that is going to be the case. Researchers have tested 14 commonly available masks, including the professionally fitted n95 mask which um you know usually is just the healthcare workers that have that a test performed with a speaker talking without wearing a mask then they did it again while the speaker was wearing a mask each mask was tested 10 times all right the most effective mask was the fitted n95 duh three layer surgical masks and cotton masks wow which many people have been making at home also performed well wow the 14 masks uh, used in the test, neck fleeces, also the gator masks, and often, uh, you know, that are used by runners, were the least effective. Uh, in fact, wearing a fleece mask resulted in a higher number of respiratory droplets because the material seemed to break down larger droplets into smaller particles that made more easily carried away with the air. Yay! Folded bandanas and knitted masks also performed poorly and did not offer much protection so uh do does that really matter it doesn't seem to matter in today's world uh it seems like uh, you have to wear a mask and we don't care what kind of mask it is but if you don't have a mask on then that's it you have to wear a mask and okay that's fine but then we get new guidelines from the cdc that says uh the n95 masks with the respirators and the little breathing valves, those, those, don't, those don't, don't, you shouldn't really use those. Yeah, I know. They, uh, yeah, they're not that good. And, uh, so don't use them. Wait, what? Yeah, they're not as effective in preventing the spread of COVID-19. So, you know, the purpose of the masks is to keep the respiratory droplets from reaching others to aid with the source control. Masks with the one-way valves or the vents uh, allow exhaled hair air to be expelled out through the holes in the material. That means that the exhaled respiratory droplets to reach others and potentially spread COVID-19 virus. Yay! So therefore, the CDC recommends using masks uh, if they have not using masks if they have the exhalation valve or vent so 
Mr. Smarty Pants with your little valve and vent masks. Uh, CDC says no. So now we're getting to a point, right, where we're going to have to start wearing particular kinds of masks, right? And if you're now, we're already we're already at the point where you wear you must wear a mask. Or I mean, if you walk outside your house in most places in America today and don't have a mask on, uh, you get shot in the head. Immediately, a drone flies by you, just shot dead. I know, I know, that's what happens. You walk outside your house, and you're dead. I mean, there are some people uh, around the country who are saying, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, we can find you if you refuse to take the coronavirus vaccine, and we're going to throw you in jail. Uh, and charge you with attempted murder if you don't wear a mask. So we're letting these power-hungry monsters uh, continue to eat. I mean, it's just incredible. So just be careful. And if you if you can't wear a mask, I will say that the local Walmart that we go to, uh, my wife went in and told the person out front, because I had asked the guy out front, you know, if, uh, if my wife comes, I asked him the other day, uh, if someone comes and can't wear a mask, uh, you're going to let them shop. And the guy said, uh, yes. Uh, if they say they, you know, it's a medical condition, we let them in. We don't, we don't argue with them. So, uh, you know, my wife attempted this and they let her shop. But the people who were upset were the people shopping. And, you know, she got the looks and the walk away real fast. And, uh, you know, uh, the comments, the snide comments, well, she's not wearing a mask, that kind of thing. So people are still kind of looking for that fight. But the stores are obviously keeping up with the, if you have a medical condition, uh, you know, we're still going to allow you to spend your money in our stores, which I thought was nice. So I thought was nice of them. But people are out of control. And so just a reminder, uh, if you wear a mask and someone around you isn't wearing a mask, continue to go about your business and shut your mouth. Wow, that, that sounded awful mean. <laughs> I probably, probably shouldn't be that mean, right? But I've, you, know, you know what? You know where I'm at? Why I feel like I'm mean? I, I see this list of things that uh, reminded me of where we are now in America. And really, you know, uh, multiple places around the world. But this this list covers most of America. And, uh, well, I'll read you the list. And then you can decide whether it's, uh, it's true or not. Okay? I'm surprised they allowed this on social media, by the way. But uh, we'll see if, if it stays up there or not. Uh, this is where we're at uh, in America these days. If a dude pretends to be a woman... You are required to pretend with him. Somehow it's on American for the census to count how many Americans are in America. Russians influencing our elections are bad, but illegals voting in our elections are good. It was cool for Joe Biden to blackmail the president of Ukraine, but it's an impeachable offense for Donald Trump to inquire about it. 20 is too young to drink a beer, but 18 is old enough to vote. 
people who have never owned slaves should pay slavery reparations to people who have never been slaves. Inflammatory rhetoric is outrageous, but harassing people in restaurants is virtuous. These are just some of the things of, you know, reminding us of where we're at here in America today. People who have never been to college or people who have paid for their own college should now pay the debts of college students who took out huge loans for their degrees. Immigrants with tuberculosis and polio are welcome, but you'd better be able to prove your dog is vaccinated. Irish doctors and German engineers who want to immigrate must go through a rigorous vetting process, but any illiterate gangbanger who jumps the southern fence are welcome. $5 billion for border security is too expensive. $1.5 trillion for free health care is not. If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison, but if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. People who say there's no such thing as gender are demanding a female president. We see other countries going socialist and collapsing, but it seems like a great plan for us. Some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were born, and other people are held responsible for what they are doing right now. Or other people are not held responsible for what they're doing right now. Criminals are catch and release to hurt more people, but stopping them is bad because it's a violation of their rights. Pointing out all this hypocrisy somehow makes us racist. Racist. Nothing makes more sense, uh, makes sense anymore. No values, no morals. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, you see that uh, we are in, uh, we're kind of in a dark place, right? I mean, right is wrong. Left is right. Up is down. Darkness is light. Light is darkness. That kind of thing. Eh, that kind of thing. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, that's where I want to, uh, I want to quote a guy by the name of uh, Jeff Fisher. Um, he hosts this podcast. Oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I want to uh, I want to quote myself here, and uh, you can uh, you can use it, but you know, just give me my give me my due. Okay. All right. I'll leave you with the Jeff Fisher quote. Live in the dark long enough, it becomes your light.